So you need to know who you are. You need to know why you're here. You need to deal with your fears. You need to deal with your mindset. And they get access to all of that in the Runway to Soul Coaching experience. Because while we're working on the speaking, you need to be doing the inside work. Dr. Nadine Collins is a woman's leadership expert, motivational speaker, spiritual wellness coach, and author. Nadine never set out to be an entrepreneurista, but following her passion and purpose gave way to her wildly successful coaching business. Today, she travels around the world, speaking to rooms of women searching for their purpose and passion. Coming up, you'll hear what sparks Nadine's aha moment. She shares how to really know you are making the right decision, the tools that Nadine has used to grow her business, and finally, the surprising way she got her first coaching client. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters. No limits. And plenty of surprises. So many of us have ideas for businesses, but often we don't start them because we either don't know where to start or we feel like we just have to have everything figured out before we actually start. And after mentoring and meeting so many women over the years, I have always shared the advice to just get started. So we have created a new segment on our show in partnership with Square for you to hear all of the actionable steps that these incredible founders took when they were ready to turn their idea into a business. And today, Dr. Nadine, I am so excited to be here with you and hear all about your entrepreneurista journey and story. I would love to hear what was that first step that you took when you knew you wanted to turn your passion for helping women into a business? Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie and team. I'm excited. So what was that first step I took to get into that, to entrepreneurship? To be quite honest, if I have to think about my life and my journey, I would say very weirdly, I believe somewhere in my mind as a child I probably wanted to own a business. I, I didn't know what kind, but I remember specifically when I was in college, I was so in my mindset, I, I didn't know anything about starting a business. I didn't know anybody owning one, you know, in my family or anything like that. But I had this idea in my head that I wanted a brand. I wanted to have my own thing. And so while in college, I would go on a platform and I would design everything for a business. So I had my, <laughs> I created, because I loved writing. I still do love writing. And so I would do a lot of stuff. So in my mind, I'm thinking I would start a card um, business, a poetry something. But I just created, which is really weird, just thinking back on it, that I created branding assets for a business that didn't exist like cards, like complimentary um, cards to give to people, business cards, pens. I had the idea already be inspired. I had a website way back then and I knew nothing about anything, but I had my entire brand planned already. Okay. You just jumped in and figured it out and uh, <laughs> just got started with it. <laughs> That's crazy. That was just back then. But at this phase of my life, it's a totally different experience. 
because I I got married like almost seven years ago. My husband already had a thriving, you know, business in health and so on. And he was doing a lot, traveling all around the world, just like I do right now. And so when we got married, we were trying to marry our our businesses or callings together. But there came a point where I realized that it couldn't work because in order for people to find me, they had to find his company and then they had to find my name under the company. And so I knew, I remember a day driving from Austin to San Antonio, Texas, and the moment was clear to me, this couldn't work. I needed to be able to have something that was fully aligned with me as a woman that people can look for my name and find me. And so that was the turning point when I realized I needed to do something different so I could stand out. I could be distinct in the work that I was doing. And I'm sure you could imagine, Stephanie, that created some problems in my marriage. (laughs) Because Ah. my husband had the idea, you know, this, you know, this is what we're going to do. But it wasn't going to work because he had a health company. We were trying to put my work under spiritual health and it just wasn't matching up. And so the step to getting into business was something that I had, I couldn't take lightly, but I knew it was necessary regardless of what the cost would have been in the marriage, because I knew that it, it needed to be clear in order for me to serve women. I needed to have that distinct platform so that I could do the work I had to do. How did you have those conversations with your husband to really just share this has to be separate and I have to do my thing because this is who I serve and it's a different audience and the brand has to be different. Like, how did you have those conversations and how long did it take to to have him buy into what you did? To be quite honest, I had very few conversations because I already made up my mind when the, when the moment of clarity came, there was no battering about my call. I knew what I was here to do and I had to do it regardless of the cost. And so by the time I had these, 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 you know, these conversations, I was not looking for approval or validation. I knew it needed to be done. And I knew that it was going to come at a cost that I was willing to pay because I could not continue sacrificing what I needed to do in the way that I needed to do it just to appease a relationship. And so I had to share with him, you know, it's hard for people to find me, which was the reality. And it was it was almost forcing a merge that wasn't going to make sense. And so, of course, I'm sure he didn't support initially, but I had to take steps. In fact, the moment of clarity when it came to me driving from Austin to San Antonio, immediately I called a lady who at the time was the only coach that I knew. I didn't know her personally. I'd heard about her. And it wasn't a good hearing about her. However, because she was the only person I've ever seen being a coach, I reached out to her immediately and I said, I would like to work with you. Her prices were high, like insanely high. And I knew I needed the help anyway to know how to distinguish myself. And on that call, I said, I need your services. Even though I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I made a decision when the moment came that I had to. So I made that decision even before speaking to him because I knew that if I spoke to him before, he would find ways to try to stop me from moving forward. But I made a decision right on that call. And when the clarity came immediately, because a lot of times as women, we always look for validation. 
we always look for people to support our idea or support the drive that we have before you make a decision. And my suggestions would be for ladies, when your moments of clarity come, make decisions immediately. Don't delay. Because once we delay in making the decision, we may find ourselves going back into the space where we shouldn't be. Or if we're seeking validation, we may find ourselves significantly delayed in being able to fulfill our purpose. Oh my gosh, I could not agree more with everything you just shared and have just found over the past 11 plus years in business. Like when you have this burning idea or feeling about something and you know it's the right thing to do, like listen to that voice, listen to what's in your heart and move forward and find the resources to do it. Because like you said, when you start looking for other people to validate the idea or say, say yes or say no, then you start going back and forth and you know, indecision is also a decision. So the best decision is like, yes, move forward. And for some reason, if it doesn't work out, you can always figure something else out. All right. So you had the moment of clarity. You find this coach to help put together the brand. You have this conversation with your husband. And now you're off, you know, developing your personal brand, your business brand. Are there certain tools or resources that you use, especially in the early days when you were just getting started that really helped you launch the business? Absolutely. I think two main, actually three at the time, of course, learning from or just following from what my husband was doing, well, actually three. I think if they used two, maybe I use one, but I suspect they also used it. Three major things. One of them was MailChimp, which would be, you know, just for emails and, and newsletters. I'm not sure if I introduced that to them or if it was already there, but there were two other tools that I did not introduce them to. One of them is Square and the other is QuickBooks. So they use Square from the beginning, from the very start. In fact, even before my my brand was launched, I was already using Square because we had back then these little things that we would push into our phones oh, to yeah. swap cards. Yeah. And so when I would go on these trips with his assistant, I was already using the thing, okay? Mm-hmm. From the onset, he set up my account, everything. And they would use QuickBooks. I must admit <laughs> that... These all these years ago, the only one of these that I use now still is just Square. Yeah, I don't even I don't know the last time it's been probably over eight years. I've logged into QuickBooks, but I use Square. I'm in it every day, every week because that's where I do all my business. And so, even though it's still under the business name, the email attached to my husband's business name, all of the work that I do in terms of invoicing for my coaching programs and for my books everything goes through Square. So this is literally the only tool I continue to use that I'm that I'm still using from the inception of, of mm. the business. Tell me about your business now. So what were you offering when you first started the business? And what are your services and offerings? And what do you focus on now today? Yeah. So when I just started, initially, when I when I came around, I was helping my husband sell his products. When and then I would travel to speak and I would sell, even though I was not speaking on health, I, one of the products specifically, I used to use it to help people in what I was doing, but I quickly realized I needed to develop my own products. Mm. And so I've always loved writing. And so I started to write books. I'm at number, I'm on working on number 10 right now. So I started to write books. I had already published two books in 2012. 
But when I started my business from then to now, I have written seven of them. I had to develop products, okay? So I developed these books. I used to have a DVD segment, you know, but now we'd already use that. So I kind of canceled that out. But I have developed online classes as well. So I have now books as products, as services. I have an online prayer class. I also have introductory like business coaching um, program called Runway to Soar. And then I also do coaching with women to help them start their speaking platforms. So I work with Christian women globally, literally globally. (laughs) My clients are from all over the world, helping them to find their voice, know what they're supposed to speak about and to build, help them to build their signature talk and then their speaking assets. And so now I have products and services and I am, I'm really excited about how fast we've grown in that regard. So from when I started, it was just me helping my husband, doing some speaking, but now I'm in full-time speaking, full-time coaching, and just continuing to author more books and helping women write and publish their books too as well. That's amazing how you were able to start with, you know, one product, one offering, and now have a whole breadth of breadth of services and products that you offer. I'd love to dive into all of these different segments of your business and understand, you know, how you're operating. So tell me more about the the coaching. How long have you been coaching for and who are the best clients for you? Right. So the coaching thing, really strange, Stephanie. I never wanted to do that. (laughs) Same thing like being an international speaker. I never had that on my radar. You know, I've traveled so far to over 85 countries. I've spoken on hundreds of stages and it's been exciting. It was not my desire. It wasn't the thing I was meaning to do. Same thing with coaching. I remember going to a retreat in Bali and the coach at the time said, but Nadine, since you're in such demand, it means you're doing something correct. It means, you know, people are calling you back. That means you probably can help other women do the same thing. And I'm like, nope, I don't want to do that. And so I went to a retreat. I was the, the featured speaker. And after I was done speaking, this lady comes to me and says, listen, I was molested 30 something years ago. She was under 10. I've never told anybody but one person. So you're the second person I'm telling. I'm ready to tell my story. I want you to help me. And I'm thinking to myself, me? Why me? Because I didn't speak anything about coaching because I wasn't coaching. Mm. And so she became my first client. I believe that's about seven years ago, Mm. right? Seven years, I believe, seven or eight years, but most likely seven years ago. And that is how I began to coach women in my speaker program. And that's what I've been doing. The speaker program is the main one. I also do um, book coaching. Again, I did not want to do that, but my clients who were working with me, I believe it was in 2020, after that last court, I walked with toward the last part of the year, the last quarter, they said to me, when we had our exit calls, uh, because now that they have their speaking area, we've built all of their speaking assets for them. So they have everything that they need, banners, speaker sheets, everything, story done, help them to create a name, like title for themselves, everything we do for them. 
complimentary. And so now I'm having that exit call. Let's tap all of the loose ends. I send that guideline, that a checklist that has everything that we had to make sure that was done, even how they're going to introduce themselves. We even do a template for an email that they have to introduce themselves to people to get jobs, everything. An exit call. Five out of eight clients are like, I want to write a book and I need you to help me. I'm like, oh my goodness, the things I'm trying to get away from. Good business problems. (laughs) Then I had to actually start a book coaching program with them. And so excited because last year, five of them, I believe, no, five of them, yes, five of them launched, became first-time authors. Amazing. And we, I have some, I'm working with right now, I have like five women who are getting ready as well to publish this year. One of them will be a second time because she was one who launched last year and now we're working on her second book. And so I've been doing this for about seven years and it's really helping women build their speaking platforms and writing a book becomes an extension of their speaking mm-hmm. platforms because we're writing in the area of their speaking expertise, just the same way I am doing it for myself. I love how everything organically just happened based on the work that you're doing. And then you see the need, you see the problem that these women are having, and then you create the solution to be able to help them based on based on your experience. And I find with so many of these women, especially in our entrepreneurial community, we have all created these businesses to help solve problems. And a lot of them based on our personal experiences. And we all have these stories to tell. And I think there, there's a speaker in all of us, but I think that so many, so many of us don't have the, you know, the resources or the tools to know, like, how do we put together what that talk should be? How do we go out and get those speaking engagements? So the fact that you have this whole program together, I think is so incredible and something I think a lot of our community members will be interested in. I'm interested in it. So tell me about the program. So for our entrepreneurs who are looking to become speakers and tell their story and write the books about their experience, what is that process like? Like what, what do you get access to? I'm, I'm so interested in this. Oh my goodness. You get access to, to way too much. I'm always told that I give away too much, <laughs> but the thing is the in the, in the, speaker program, usually before I even get a lady in the program, I always like to have a conversation with her first because I would like to know a little more about her. I want to know, you know, what she believes her message to the world is. Because as you said, there is a speaker in all of us. There is a message that all of us have been brought here to share. And so when I have that conversation, I'm able to gauge what might be the greatest need. It may not just, it may not start there. It might be we want to start somewhere else. For example, I tell women we always share from our scars and not our wounds because we're not going to go on stage and break down crying. So sometimes even while in the program, I encourage them to get counseling. I have from time to time, you know, put them in touch with, you know, therapists and so on, because I want to make sure that when they share, they share from a place of being healed. Because most of the messages that women are sharing are coming from personal stories that usually mm. would have left a scar, would have, would have probably heard them. And that's the reason why we want them to tell these stories, because their story is could become a blueprint to somebody else's mm. life. And so we want to uncover what, first of all, what is that area that you're supposed to speak on? Because one of the things that I see so much in the world, and I do not want any of my clients to ever do, is to think that we have the solution to everybody's problem. Mm. Okay? So I tell them, you do not want to be a speaker. You don't. 
you want to be a go-to expert who speaks on a topic Mm -hmm. so that when people think about that topic, they think about you. And that is what has helped me to really be set apart and to be so much in demand because I have ensured that my area of speaking expertise is what I'm writing about. It's what my class is about. I have a program on TV about it. Why? Because we want to make sure that you're an expert when they think about it. When people are recommending, they're recommending you because this is what she does. And so that's the reason why I, I, I tell women, we want you not to be a speaker but to be that expert. And mm-hmm. so now that we know what you're supposed to speak about, we know we, we develop your core message. What is it you're going to share? Whenever you take a stage, you're speaking for five minutes, you're speaking for 50 minutes. What do you want your audience to take away when you speak? When we finish do that, we're now working on themes. What are the themes that's going to go through your message? And now we begin to craft your story and we craft that story by ensuring that we use personal experience, stories, examples that demonstrate the lessons that you want to teach people. Mm. And after we do that, of course, we begin to build speaking assets. We begin to um, come up with, okay, what's your bio? And I ask women to go through this process of what qualifies me to speak on this topic. And usually they'll be like, I'm not qualified. I don't have a degree in this or that. It's not about the degrees. It's about your experience because your experience is the greatest qualification that you need to be able to share your story. And that's why getting the help to be able to put it together is so important Mm -hmm. because most times if we're given the platform, we may not be able to tell that story well, even though it's our story. So for example, I'm always amazed every time there is a scandal in the political world, when somebody gets on that stage, especially let's say a gentleman and the wife is by him, he's reading the entire experience. And I always wondered why, why is he reading it? Why can't he tell it? But sometimes if we're just given the chance to just tell things, we may go off key. We may not be able to stay in line. Mm -hmm. And so having a clear plan of what it is my core message is, what are the themes? What is it I want people to take away at the end of my message? What stories am I going to use to demonstrate these points and these lessons so that somebody else can now use it in their own lives is very important. And so we build those speaking assets. Um, we, We work on your introduction, like how are you going to introduce yourself to people? We work on your mission and vision statement for your speaking business. We write that we do an outline for your signature talk. Then we write out that signature talk. We um, work on that intro, your official title that you want to be called. I'm actually looking down because I'm reading it from my phone. Then we also help you to get a professional signature at the end of your email. We guide you into how you can use social media, which actually goes in line with what you do. Oh, yeah. Social media... So that you could actually get people to to see your message and stuff like that. Help them to choose brand colors because I'm amazed. I always ask my clients to send me a before picture and the after picture because I have them do a photo shoot during the program, Mm. even though it's a speaker program, because we want a professional photo. There's such a drastic difference between the before and the after not only in the fact that they look better, but the confidence in the picture. They choose their brand colors. They they choose different things about themselves. And we actually now create this speaker sheet. We create banners for their social media, which LinkedIn, 
and in not Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook, then we have them change their names on all social media platforms. So if somebody Googles them, it's easy to find them, you know, no kind of um, pseudonyms are being used, anything like that. Just streamlining everything. Even though it's a speaker program, we're doing all of that with mm-hmm. them because we know that most of them don't know where to begin, where to go when they're trying to distinguish themselves as a speaker. And if you are a speaker, people need to find you. You need to look professional. Your, your social media needs to be streamlined. You need to look good. So you cannot show up anyhow anymore. You got to look every time. And so we do all of that for them. We even develop a a landing page that they can use as well for people to book them to speak. And then we have a complimentary call when we're exiting. And we also give them access to the certified prayer counselor class because I'm Christian. And the women who come to me, they all believers. And that prayer class, they all testify. It's really the game changer for them. Mm even though we're in a speaker program, because it helps to give them a different mindset, faith experience, and so on. We give them access to another program called Runway to Soar, also the basics of branding your business and your life. And there are a few other bonuses that they get. So the program, it's it's a full program. My whole goal is I believe in balance. I believe in wholeness. And so we cannot develop one aspect of your life and leave the other aspects undone. Mm. And so you need to know who you are. You need to know why you're here. You need to deal with your fears. You need to deal with your mindset. And they get access to all of that in the Runway to Soul Coaching experience. Because while we're working on the speaking, you need to be doing the inside work. Mm -hmm. Because the speaking is the outside work. Let's deal with the inside as well. So when you show up, you show up bold, confident in yourself, confident in your message, confident in your ability to connect to your audience, etc. Up next, Nadine reveals the secret to overcoming imposter syndrome. It's all so important and incredible work that you're doing. And when you were sharing everything, all I could think about is this all goes back to that moment of clarity that you had when you were like, I have to have my own brand and do my own thing. And now you're creating that for and helping all of these women create that. Mm-hmm. Something that, you know, comes up often on, on this podcast is imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. We have talked to some of the most accomplished entrepreneurs on this show, and almost all of them have shared that they have felt imposter syndrome as they were growing and scaling their business. And based on some of the things you just shared, Dr. Nadine, I, it sounds like some of these women, when they start to work with you, they feel like, like, why are they entitled to tell their story? And who's going to want to listen to them? Like, how mm-hmm. do you coach women and especially as women entrepreneurs through those moments and feelings of imposter syndrome? Yeah, that imposter syndrome thing is so, it's really, really strange and really not part of my personal experience. <laughs> And I, but I do have to deal with it. And I'll tell you why it's not part of my personal experience. Not because I'm superhuman, but I always had a desire to be me. Mm-hmm. From a time I was a little girl, I had this desire. I did not want to be, even though when we were little, we would look at TV and we'd, we'd say there were some shows that would play on TV. And my cousins and I, four of us, each of us were one of the actresses on TV. I was, I love Lucy, right? So each of us had, this is me, this is me, this is me, this is me, <laughs> you know? But the thing is, in real life and in my in my growing up, there was always a desire to be myself. And if being myself meant 
that I don't fit in somewhere, I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. No matter how lonely I am, I'm, I want to be, if I don't feel this is a good place for me to be, I don't mind being alone. I was bullied my entire life. Mm. You know, all levels of school, I was bullied until high school. And my bullies went to the same church with me. They lived in the same community. We went to the same camps, the same banquets, the same uh, beach parties. And so they doing my life almost every day. Wow. But even though they did that to me, I never bent. I, I cried when I left them. I was sad, of course, because they were making fun of me, but I never had a desire to fit in with them, which mm. is what I saw happening around me because the other girls that they were bullying would eventually start smiling and laughing with them, not because they wanted to do it, but if you do that, then they would stop making fun of you. Now, so that takes us to this imposter syndrome thing because my whole mindset about imposter syndrome is that when we don't know who we are, we just try to mimic what's around us. Mm-hmm. And it boils down to you understanding yourself. If you understanding that, because I don't really believe in the imposter syndrome thing. And, it, and it's sad for me because sometimes I'm in certain spaces with women who are making like high six-figure incomes. And I see them cry. And I see them like question themselves and just say, you know, they feel like imposters. And for a while, I couldn't connect to it. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not able to understand that? But when I went back to my life, my childhood, my background, I realized that my upbringing is what really helped me to not have to deal with this in my life now. So when I meet my clients, the reason why knowing themselves and going back into you know, the childhood and dealing Mm -hmm. with, because my undergrad degrees in psychology, my master's degree, ed psych. So I did a lot of, of, you know, psychology in in college. And so a lot of my work, it's really a combination of psychology and spirituality. Mm -hmm. It's really, so I help women deal with knowing yourself, knowing who you are, knowing why you're here, when you understand who you are and why you are here, you'll recognize that you have no competition because there's nobody in the world like you but you. Mm-hmm. And whatever you've been divinely called to do, there is nobody in the world who can do it like you but you because it's your assignment. When a woman understands that, that, that she's here on a divine project, divine assignment. She's had to do a divine work that there's nobody else who can do it because you were called to do it even before you came. When you understand that, then you you will not feel like an imposter because you now will, your job will be to find ways for you to fulfill that mission. What help do I need? What can I learn from people around me? I don't want to be you, but if you have a best practice that works, I might learn something from it, but I definitely don't want to be you. I want to be me. And so I think it really, it really boils down to having an understanding of yourself, Mm -hmm. loving yourself, understanding that you are unique and you don't need to compare yourself to anybody else because you have no competition in the world because there's nobody like you. It's all, it's you. There's nobody like you. Therefore, nobody's your competition. So that would help us women, for example, to celebrate other women. Yes. Also help us to learn from other women. So sometimes I read somewhere something really interesting that says a lot of times we hate people who we can learn from, 
uh, more of us need to be learning from people. I want to I wanna be close to you because I just love your vibe. I love your energy. I like the fact that you focused on purpose. And even though your purpose is different to mine, just being around you inspires me for me to continue to be me. Because it's just you. And so when we understand that, just these two philosophical questions, who am I? Why am I here? That could make a big shift so that women are not going to feel like imposters because you are on this mission to fulfill your assignment and to fully be yourself. I think when we compare ourselves to people, when we look at, you know, how far this person have gone, how much money this person have made, how much is and how, that's where we have a problem. Totally. And I can, from personal experience, I can tell you, I went to college, not college, I went high school, all my friends graduated from high school with me. All of us the same year, even though not the same high school, but just from high school. And most of my friends went off to college and I stayed home to work for nine years. And not for one moment did I feel less than. Mm. When my friends would come home from the States, from the UK studying, I enjoyed my time with them. I celebrated their successes. Some were lawyers, some medical doctors, and I was okay until my turn came. Nine mm. years later, I went to school. And so if we understand that our journey is not somebody else's journey, if we accept that from very early on, or even now, maybe you might think it's too late. It's not too late for you. Right now, you can begin to reshape your mind and begin to really focus on finding out why you are here recognize that it's not too late for you to do it. Not only is it not too late for you to do it, but all of the experiences that you've had in your life so far are going to better prepare you to serve the world in the capacity for which you came here. Because nothing goes wasted. Nothing. So when I went off to college after nine years, there was a little fear in me of failure I remember saying it to my general manager at the bank where I worked and he was like, Nadine Joseph, afraid of failure. And he laughed. But when I went off to college my first semester, do you think fear was pushing me? No, 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 no. What, what did I do? I devised a plan for my success. Mm. I was focused on succeeding and removed that fear so that I could succeed. And so ladies, you're listening. It's not too late for you to understand your divine purpose. It's not too late for you to fulfill it. You are not left behind regardless of your age right now. The fact that you're alive means that you have work to do. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes to everything you just <laughs> shared. Um, I just align and just feel so connected to everything you're sharing right now. I, I share a lot of these things, especially you know, with the competition aspect, you know, there is enough business to go around for everyone. So if you're spending your time comparing yourself to this person and that person, this person, it's exactly what you just said. You know, we are, we're all unique individuals. We all have our own story to tell. We're all doing things a little bit differently. And just because, you know, we might both be speakers, but there's an opportunity for you here and me here, and maybe us both at the same place together. And we can all help each other if we share stories, if we connect, if we find ways to be able to bring us all together. There's just more opportunity, the more that we can celebrate and help one another. So yes, yes, yes to everything you just shared. Coming up, Nadine breaks down how to truly figure out your purpose in life. What do you recommend for someone that does feel right now, you know, stuck? They're not sure what their purpose is. Like, what is that first step to really figure out what someone's purpose is in life? They could get on a call with me. 
we could have a chat. But what I want to say is really, if you trying to uncover that, connect with somebody who can help you to begin to kind of go into that space. And the reason why sometimes we need help, if you're Christian, you could pray. If you're a believer, you could pray. However, there's still work to do. And so sometimes it's having somebody asking you some guided questions, because I must admit that Every client I've worked with, maybe with the exception of, let's just a few, but I'm thinking for the majority, maybe about 98% of these ladies, what they were meant to do was right in front of them, Stephanie. Mm. They just never recognized it. It's as you ask them questions, they're like, sometimes you get into a session. I usually, on my very first session, we already know what it is. And they're like, oh my goodness, it was right here all along. And so sometimes, like even in my latest book, I speak about it. We go looking for things all over. For some of us, education. Because as when I grew up in the Caribbean, they really pushed it. In order to be successful, you need to go to school, get good grades, get a job, get promoted. That's success. Buy a car, have a house. And so that's what we were all aiming for. And by that, we would be successful. And so one of the things I realized is as women, and especially if we've been indoctrinated to think that way, we'll go looking for everything. For some of us, oh, you must get married and have kids. And so we have that as, as something that I must do in life, not recognizing that's a bonus in life. What really matters is that you fulfill the mission that you were brought here to do. And so everything else, job, marriage, kids, these are bonuses in life. And Mm -hmm. so some of us get so obsessed with the bonuses that we miss out on the real deal. That's why even when we're married and we have the kids, we're still not happy. We have the car and the six and seven figure incomes. We're still not happy because we're not fulfilling our mission. Mm -hmm. And so it's never too late. And women could actually go on that journey, find, get somebody to ask you questions because once you're able to recognize what you're supposed to do, and I can guarantee you, Everything you've been through, it's going to impact what you do even mm-hmm. more effectively. So sometimes we think, oh, this bad thing happened to me, this unwanted experience and all of these things. I could guarantee you, Stephanie, that we can take and draw from these same experiences and it's going to help the way that you're going to fulfill that purpose, the way that you're going to fulfill what you're meant to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's about having the right conversations, being surrounded by the right people. If if you're struggling with finding your purpose and you're around certain people right now and nothing is working, you need a new set of people around yes. you. You need to interact with <laughs> so a new true. Set of Yes. You know, you need to change your circle. You don't mean you discard your friendships, but if you're trying to get to somewhere, you need to speak to people who are already on that journey, yep. who are already there, who can help you to get to that place. I love that. What is the craziest thing that has happened to you since starting your business? People expecting what I pay for for free. Mm. Yeah. So let's say, for example, I developed, so my PhD is in education. Administration in higher education is my focus, women in leadership. And I use my academic skills because nothing goes wasted. I use my academic skills because my cognate is in curriculum and instruction. And so I developed an online prayer class and it's exactly like a university class. Everything done very well. And of course, with the feminine touch. So Mm -hmm. it even looks better than a lot of university courses. Okay. 
One person wrote me one time and said they find it so difficult to pay for that because I said, okay. So I took it upon myself and I listed all of the expenses associated with running an online program. And I sent a very nice email to her outlining the expenses. And I said, so what you're expecting for free, I have to pay for it. Did she respond to you? No. (laughs) But it was a very nice email, very diplomatic, no disrespect, but I had to do it. Because it's like people expect, especially because I work within the Christian community, Mm. people are expecting things for free that you're paying for. I remember one day having my books on the table and somebody was taking them. They're like, is it for free? I was like, so who pays for the printing? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like seriously. (laughs) I know. It's just mind blowing to me. It's like resources have to be, you know, put in place and paid for in order to develop all of these things. And especially as women, you know, we have to be investing in things and investing in ourselves, investing in our businesses. And we, as much as maybe we'd like to give everything away for free, it's just not possible because business has to go around and everyone has to be able to make money. So yeah, we've definitely experienced that over over the years as well, but uh, definitely interesting to hear your story and your perspective there. Last question for you. What does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? It just means that I am doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm making my mark and I'm helping other women to also get into that space of making their mark. Because, I mean, I really love the term, you know, entrepreneurista, so feminine, so lively. When I think about it, it's just so lively. And for me, it's really about being true to myself. You know, the same way you and your partner were able to leave your job and just do what you were passionate Mm -hmm. about. That's the true definition of an entrepreneur. And I think that because you're supporting so many other women in doing this stuff, I believe for me, it's the very same drive I have. People ask me all the time, but you now you're helping so many women. On average, I help about 20 women a year become full-time speakers. Mm. And somebody said to me earlier this year, but Nadine, you're helping them become speakers. That means you're going to get less speaking engagements. (laughs) So I said... You know, earlier you said something, there's enough room for all of us. I said, listen, I cannot speak about everything. One, what they're called to speak about and what I'm called to speak about is totally different. And that's one of the greater challenges I have to make sure that my clients, you don't ever try to replicate me. You need Mm -hmm. to be fully yourself. Stick to your message. Don't try to do what I'm doing. Like sometimes I would hear them say, oh, I want to help women uncover their purpose. I say, how do you do that? Because it's a nice thing to say, because that's what I do with you. But you need to know, you know, what you do. So as an entrepreneur, it's helping to guide women to be truly authentic, to live to your calling. Don't try to photocopy anybody else. Be true to you. Because as we're true to ourselves, we can now help other women be true to themselves, which is the work you guys are doing in branding, social media, helping women to really like show up differently in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, a true entrepreneur, I believe that that's what I do every day and I enjoy doing it and I will do it as long as I have life. Well, it's incredible all that you are doing and all you've accomplished and the work that you're doing to help so many other women. I want to be sure everyone can find you and follow you and buy your books too. Where can they head over to do that? And then we will link out to everything in the show notes too. 
Yeah, so I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Nadine, Dr. Nadine Collins. You can get me any of these places. I'm sure if you if you just Google my book, The Pursuit of Purpose, A Woman's Guide to Activate Her Purpose or Activate Her Full Potential and Uniquely Impact the World. I think if you just Google me, you'll find me. But if you want to reach me by email, it's Nadine, that's N-A-D-I-N-E, at NadineCollins.com. You can Google me. You can get a message to me. I would love to be able to help more entrepreneurs tell their story, build their speaking platforms, because I believe speaking will also help all of us to yes. really differentiate our brands as well if we're able to speak on our specific areas. Absolutely. And you don't even have to Google, Dr. Nadine. You can just click on the show notes right now, tap the show notes, and all of her links will be right there for you. You can just head over and tap those links. Thank you again for being here and sharing your story. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entrepreneurista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entrepreneurs. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entrepreneurista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entrepreneurista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead. Mm-hmm.